Aloha, everyone. How's everyone doing out there? This is Indar, and I'm your Hawaii moneymaker guy. And we're super excited today. We have a great guest on here. We had actually a giveaway, and it ended up to being a really amazing person. We're super excited to have... Um, Hayato. Hayato. Uh, he won the birthday giveaway. We just were... Uh, we do random giveaways and uh, happened to be an amazing person. Uh, Lahaina did like a, a wheel, and it, you know, it landed on you. So pretty excited. Um so yeah, let's do this. Let's dive on in. Let's talk story about real estate. We have some amazing stuff to talk about wholesale. So let's do it. Just before we get started, I'd love it if you guys could subscribe below and that way we can reach more people and just help people make their money work for them in any different way we can. Thank you guys. And let's get started in today's content. Awesome. And thank you so much for having me, Adar. Appreciate yeah. it. So yeah. So tell tell everyone who you are and what you do and a little bit about yourself, you know, and, and yeah. Definitely. So my name is Hayato. I own a company called Rocket Offer. And mm -hmm. what we do is we wholesale properties uh, across the country. I'm currently living in California, so we do it all virtually. And we've done close to over like 200 plus uh, deals over mm -hmm. our lifetime. And we're hoping to do way more, but we'll see how it goes. How long have you been uh, wholesaling for? Uh, just about like two and a half years now. Nice. And what does your uh, team size and your structure look like right now? What do you, including VAs and so forth, what do you? Right. At the beginning of 2022, we started really ramping up. Um, and then we initially had maybe like 15 people at the top of 2022. And that's mm -hmm. when we we're doing multiple deals at once. And that's when the market was really, really hot, of course. Mm -hmm. sure. And then now it started to slow down. So we actually had to cut the team in just about half. So we had to get a really, really lean team going. Yeah. But now we're slowly starting to see a lot of the investors come back. And so with people coming back, we're hoping to see our in our deal volume increase, you know, month over month right now. Yeah. So how many VAs or co-callers do you have now? What's your team look like? So you have two, three co-callers and then do you have closers and so forth? How's the structure yeah, so we have our acquisitions, and uh, I know a lot of people call it dispositions. We just call it transactions. Sure. And we had just about like four cold callers um, in in the beginning of 2022, and then we had what we call like four acquisition coordinators who really were filtering all the responses that we're getting from other channels like text messaging, marketing, um, and other off you know, outbound lead marketing as well. Mm -hmm. And then we cut that team in half now. Uh, we do still have two of our uh, acquisitions managers as well who constantly take a look at all the deals that come in and find deals, obviously, for investors. And then on the transaction side, we have two people. One is the transaction coordinator, and then the other is the transaction uh, manager or director of transactions who takes yeah. a look at all the properties that are coming from the acquisition side and then is able to go ahead and sell those properties to either retail investors or hedge funds that we work with or institutional buyers that we have as well. People don't touch on that, but I think that's probably the hardest part of wholesaling is actually selling the property, uh, not necessarily mm -hmm. finding a deal. I, I I, we wholesale nationwide and we we just backed that all the way down now ourselves because we were having trouble selling them and uh right how do you combat you know the hedge funds if you if you find that niche with the hedge fund right and you find their their buying box 
and you just stick to yeah. that, you know, they, they want a, I don't know, three bedroom, two bath and whatever square footage is. How do you combat the selling of wholesaling deals? That's, and then, you know, you finding people to close too is another one, you know? Uh, you know yeah. The... Yeah. That's a great question. Cause in the beginning I was an out of state investor. So I bought my first property in Memphis, Tennessee, and I, I was obviously here in California, super far, but I wanted to see how my first investment property would go. And my initial goal was I want to help people invest from out of country and then find deals for them. And so I was really targeting the retail investors. And so we built our retail investors list up to like 30,000 people. And then when the market started coming down, you know, in like six months ago, we were seeing that a lot of retail investors just backed out. And so half of our investors on our list were just not buying anymore. And even our investors who were buying, they just kind of dipped out. And so we started hitting up more of the institutional uh, investors and hedge funds because we know they have to buy property. We know that they're looking to buy properties and some of them are looking sure. to buy 20, 30, 40 properties a month. So we started contacting them and it was going great um, up until maybe like mid-December. And then a lot of them slowed down, obviously, because, you know, everything that's going on in real estate. And at the same time, uh, I think they're just closing the books out for Q4. So for the year, really. So now I'm starting to see more of the retail investors come back slowly because they're seeing that the prices of properties are getting much lower and they're able to get in there. But you are you are selling then, directly to retail properties. I mean, on the ML, I mean, you're are you referring to MLS or are you just referring you had a direct buy box of retail investors? What did you? So, yeah, direct uh, retail investors who that's who we would sell the property to. But then when we do get the properties, we would get it mostly off market. But we do find some deals on the MLS. So these as well. retail investors, uh, these are they wanted a discount, or they're all right with buying it at the market, or were they flippers? What do you, what do you mean retail investors? There were all of them. They were like, uh, they were just people who are looking to flip properties. Some of them were just looking to buy and hold with maybe a little bit of equity built in. Um, some of them only looked at cash flow. So it really depends. We had a big list of people wanting mm. a lot of different things. So if we had a property, it usually would cater to one of those buy boxes. But with the rates, it changed a lot of stuff. Mm. So mm -hmm. so you're able to sell a lot of these deals to these this big list of retail investors. Is that what your prominent sales is? They were into certain states and cities and you would cater towards them what cities and states are you right. in anyway Our so states. initially we were mainly in memphis tennessee st louis missouri detroit michigan and mm -hmm. cleveland ohio mm -hmm. and then with the funds they loved the sunbelt region so we were kind of forced into go to like florida georgia texas mm -hmm. texas is probably where we do most of our deals with the funds now um but, but yeah we we opened that buy box up a little bit more but Initially, we were really just focused on the Midwestern areas. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, it's a great place to buy. So you, mm -hmm. um, so how does your wholesaling process work? You're, uh, you're building your, you're buying your list. Um, you're skip tracing it. You're using batch to skip trace or. Uh, so we, 
we currently so we pull the list from PropStream. We yep. get the list there, and then from there we use something called Versium. That's the skip tracing service we use. Mm. Um, skip trace the service. It, it is very um, inexpensive too. That's what we want with them. They just have mm. a very long contract that you go with. And then from there, we have our cold callers, our textures kind of go in um, and then really try to reach out to as many people as possible. What's, at your, the peak of it, what's your CRM that you're using? You, Podio, you built your own or do you have a the platform you use? Or We use Zoho CRM, so we kind of custom built it. Um, Zoho? We initially tied Podio. Yeah, Zoho. I never it's like Salesforce. Mm, yeah. Yeah, Salesforce, Zoho yeah. has like a lot of customized um, yeah, you can customize a lot of things on Zoho. Do you have so to really build it out like, like Podio? Do you have to build it out like Podio or you have to create it all? Uh, you do have to build it out, but I think it's way more customizable than Podio. Because we initially mm. did try Podio too, but I just didn't like how it's laid out initially. Um, and Zoho has a lot of products. Like they have Zoho Sign, uh, Zoho Sales IQ, Zoho Form, like I was surprised how many different products Zoho has and it all integrates with the CRM and it talks mm. together. So it's super, super useful. So like if someone goes on our website, we have a chat bot with Zoho sales IQ oh, yeah. and then that feeds directly into the CRM. And uh, when we send contracts, we use Zoho sign. So then people, when they that's sign great. contracts and whatever, again, it filters back into the CRM. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's super, amazing. Super and, you're, and you're script tracing with them too, right? You said you're script. You, you uh, our skip tracing them. is uh, Versium. Oh, Versium. I thought you said so. Okay. Um, Zoho sounds yeah. pretty cool. And then the Zoho does follow-up. Can you do text blasting and uh, email or any kind of follow-ups with them or virtual English Yeah, uh, you can do voicemail? emails and... Yeah, you can do emails and whatnot through Zoho, but I wouldn't recommend doing the texting, like ringless voicemail on Zoho. It's just not the best. It's really like you have to go into every single property. So we use a different software for that. What do you use for those? What do you do for those? Uh, we we use a, a software called Alware. Oh, never heard of that either. Mm -hmm. Just so many different products mm -hmm. out there. I'm just on Yeah, if you need an introduction, let me know. <laughs> yeah. I'm good friends with the guy who founded it. So. Nice. And so you use hours to do your text blasting and your ring this voicemail and all your follow-up follow-ups with those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but all the reminders are set from Zoho saying, hey, you should go reach out to this person, reach out to this person. All the notes are also taken in Zoho. So really, yeah. Do you have any automated follow-up right away when they the second they're calling in or, or messaging in, um, you have an automated right away follow-up to them within five seconds? Do you have something or, yeah. We just have people honestly, like just all day looking through the oh, just text people. messages that come in. Yeah, you're it's just people. You're dependent sometimes... on people. Yeah, right. We did. We, we had, did. We have, have it on our podio. We have it on our podio. We had it. We had it all set up. I think we turned it all off now. Where we just oh, automating, and just automating follow up right away within five seconds for, um, for the follow up campaigns. Um, oh, that's good. Because it was critical to be in front of them right away as they're calling in and so forth. Um, right. Right. That that yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. I I know we try to automate a few things. We do automate like the first, you know, message that goes out, and then when they mm -hmm. respond, we try to have that automated too. Yeah. But as soon as that message goes through, then we 
pretty much have a person on it right away. What do you like better, uh, text messaging or uh, cold calling or closing that? I, I, what is I mean, I personally like text messaging just way more because you get to hit just that many more people at once. Yeah. We try to avoid like some states because there's a lot of like litigation stuff that you have to worry about. Like Florida, I wouldn't really touch with text messaging just because of that reason. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if, you, if you're in more like relaxed states, um, but still trying to be compliant as much as possible, scrubbing like all the lists, the DNC yeah. list and all that as well. Uh, but yeah, the text messaging has been better for us because, you know, cold calling, you're usually limited to the number of people you can reach. At one point we're texting, you know, like close to 400,000 people a month. Yeah. So yeah. that's a lot. And we would never hit that with cold calling unless we had like a massive, massive call center or team behind us. So yeah, that's a lot of calls to do in a month. But what is um yeah. what is your marketing campaign look like this you know monthly? How much do you spend on marketing? What's your ad spend? Yeah, so we we cut it down quite significantly. We're doing more and more like joint ventures now. Mm -hmm. Um, we're having like we're trying to build more networks with real estate agents and whatnot to send us pocket listings. So we cut everything in half, but we were spending close to about like 20,000 in marketing per month, yeah. 20 to 30,000. Um, but now we've cut that to half with agents and other wholesalers and whatnot sending us deals, uh, which works really great because, you know, in these tough times where they can't move a deal, we can help move these deals yeah, you sound like you got your likes them yeah it sounds like you got the end buyers in place which is a biggest struggle i'd say to a lot of people right but you got that early on right you built that that team at a list early on which is is, is great yeah and especially with the institution guys like you have to build it took us like a year and a half to just build like one relationship with them and mm. you know it, it kind of goes off from there because they really don't know whether or not to trust you and they don't like to work with like a lot of wholesalers because they know um, yeah, they yeah. can't really trust them or it's not very professional, but we try to keep it as professional as possible. Because yeah, technically you're supposed to own the property before, you know, so. Right. Gotta... Which is why we also double close on most of the deals that we do with the funds. Oh, so you have lenders that you need to fund deals. So you do raise capital. Uh, So like some title companies, they're able to do the funding from the A to B side with B to C funding. So mm -hmm. like the capital comes in from whoever is buying it at the end, and then they'll use that to fund the initial A to B contract that we have. So we actually oh, yeah. don't necessarily raise capital, but they'll allow yeah. it to pass through. Oh, yeah. So it's not a yeah true double close. That's a good escrow agent. That's a, that's a trick. Right. That, or you that, can get transactional funding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like one to three percent, I think. Yeah. 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 And you got a source for that, of course, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. These right. are problems a lot of people don't realize that are the hardest part of it all. They see wholesaling and they see, oh, I just get a contract and I sell a contract. You know, they don't realize that there's a lot, you know, closing the deal is is sometimes the hardest part of the deal, you know not necessarily yeah. locking up the deal you know people are only stuck on the hey i gotta talk to this seller and lock up the deal there's so much more yeah. 
to it all that um, you know it's it, it's a lot more moving parts. It's almost like locking up the deal becomes the simple process where you you know how to yeah. do that in your sleep. You know, it's the it's the rest of it. You know, to make this deal right. close and figure it out and get this seller to be on board with yeah, signing the contract and you know some of those hurdles to jump yeah. over it all. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I think it's 50% of the work when you get the thing under contract and then the other 50% is really yeah. to be able to move it. And it make, it does become a lot easier if you know exactly who you're going to sell it to, yeah. uh, you know, afterwards. But even then, there's some complications that come up too, which yeah. we've had a few times. <laughs> well, it sounds, so you use a lot of the iBuyers out there. Any of the big firms or just small hedge funds? Do you use... Uh iBuyers or any of the big ones you work with? Um, yeah, yeah there's a lot of the iBuyers that, you know, we're buying. I mean, like Open Door, I don't think they're buying anything at this point. Um, yeah. OfferPad, I don't think either. So the ones that we're working with is more like mid-sized funds and mm -hmm. institutions. Um, I think that's our sweet spot because, you know, they, they require like, teams to help them acquire more and more properties because they want to do big volume they want to do like 40 deals a month but they don't necessarily have all that infrastructure in place mm. yet so then we're there to help them mm. and kind of provide deals how'd you how'd you um, find these i buyers or just google search or word of mouth or so we went to a good amount of conferences um we also went to and, and we i've like cold outreach a lot of them too so mm. I would also see like all the sold properties nearby. And usually if sure. it's in an LLC, you know, it's someone, you know, and, and if it's a seller, the LLC that pops up a lot of times, then we'll go ahead and look them up and see, okay, who might be that person? You can't always yeah. find them because it's a little yeah. bit harder with LLCs. Yeah. You try to contact the registered agent and then see who that might be. But like open door, they buy it as open door trust. So it's pretty easy to find. Yeah. Um, and other ones too, they kind of have a name where it's easier to find. So we'll try to connect and cold outreach and see like which of them might be interested in buying and which one might not be. Is that what you were primarily doing at the beginning, building those relationships or do you have team members building those relationships? Yeah, those are that's kind of like my task really yeah. um, as an owner. Yeah. Like I'm trying to build, bring in more yeah. relationships like that, and everyone else is focusing on acquisitions. And then just once we get it under contract, and they're talking to them. But the initial yeah. point of contact, I, I am making. But initially, we were doing strictly retail too. So like the first two years of our business, we really were just working with you know. Investors. everyday mom and dad like yeah. investors yeah uh fix and flip companies turnkey companies and whatnot but um yeah we had to pivot a little bit um more recently but those were the people that we used to work with majority of the time yeah no we were we were wholesaling mm -hmm. last year I, I mean i don't do as much volume wholesaling as you do uh we only did mm -hmm. a couple hundred thousand we made in wholesaling but um yeah, the, the problems I didn't like with wholesaling is it's a lot of work. People don't realize it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. Consuming. It's a full-time business. So I'm trying to run a flipping yeah. company and all these other companies. Uh, so it's a full-time. 
it's a lot more stressful, honestly, to me than uh, than flipping a house. Um, oh, is it really? Yeah, flipping a house is easy to me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, wholesaling was a little more. Uh, it's just more uh, labor intent, workforce intense. You know, you have your whole teams right. and you're constantly following up on your, you know, the the teams and everything. Um, you must have like really good contractors, then I'm assuming too. Well, I, be able I have to... a con- I'm a, I have a contractor's license. So I just, I grew up in that world. So I know that that's yeah. very well, you know, I, I like fixing things. Um, so always working with contractors has been my strong point. So yeah, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I've yeah. always had like, that's the hardest part for, I feel like most people trying to go into flipping is getting that contractor relationship and being able to nurture that so that you yeah. have trust and, built between and you're trying to do it overseas person. yeah so yeah it's easy back right. in your backyard but we have seven flips going across the u.s right now and big big flips mm-hmm. and uh you know it's a different animal when you can't see touch and feel a property you know so you have to you yeah. learn uh, experience at asking the right questions and and finding the right person but still even then you know you're still dealing with people and people are people people change and people people are people and in the construction construction yeah. guys are a little <laughs> different type of person but uh um yeah but yeah we totally shut down our uh, our whole our whole wholesaling business uh, about th- three oh, four months ago when the market shifted i recognized that and uh i don't know how much you make off your wholesaling deals but we were only making you know maybe at the most like 10 grand rarely you would get mm-hmm. a big big one here and there but um we had one big one actually we made a hundred but um oh wow we we were we were only making like 10 grand or a few grand maybe on some of them which a lot of people in wholesaling i think fail to talk about <laughs> it's like how much yeah okay you do you know 10 wholesaling deals in a month but how much do you make from those 10 right you know, sometimes it's only a couple grand uh right know, for all which is great but um you know then that the overhead is pretty huge for host for yeah wholesaling your marketing is yeah and the team and all that it's 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 pretty huge yeah it can definitely add up especially the marketing side which is something i've learned too i think keeping the the lean team is probably Mm -hmm. like the best way to go about it too because we try to scale 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 and then the bigger the overhead we bigger the overhead we've got we're like well is it producing us you know we hired two times more people is it producing twice as much more yeah. deals and it necessarily wasn't that case either because a lot of times you're reaching out to the same people and you're nurturing that relationship and all that too so yeah i i do agree that keeping a lean team is really really key and, and is it just you or do you have a right hand man or do you have somebody who you know it, it, yeah, with you over there in california okay yeah you and him yeah. are to get teammate or partners i guess you'd say right yeah right he's yep. uh, in california yeah yes and oh. he's a software guy so he's the guy who like kind of built um mm. the crm and it's a perfect it's yeah. a perfect partner <laughs> yeah yeah especially yeah. for all the the build out of it all and and the integration of it all like people don't think mm. like you were just talking about a few softwares and apps soho and all this but it's a lot of integration to make it all work well together, you know, seamlessly. 
Yeah. 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 Software super, especially now too. And especially for us, because we're trying to do everything virtual and it needs to be the system and processes need to be very, very yeah. good. Otherwise we're going to have a lot of inefficiencies and that can cause a lot of problems in any transaction. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. miss deal or miss deals. You know, the other thing is, right. Uh, you know, I actually get my phone is blown up a lot with cold callers in the morning and text boxing because I own, I own property all over the U S and I, right. I get it. I get it all the time, you know, sell my property. And you know what, the one thing I see most people and I, I, I get it every day. So I mess with them sometimes mm. and they don't know who I am. So <laughs> I play the role all kinds of different ways. And sometimes I go with it. Hey, I'll sell you this property right now for 20 grand and I'll reply back on a text. No follow up, no nothing. That's the one thing you don't see. I think mostly in the business is the follow up of, of it all, and it, it yeah, stems so from important. that. It stems from your VAs or whoever you're working with. Are they, you know, are they on it and so forth? Yeah, I think the follow ups are honestly, like you said, the most important thing is we've gotten deals because we followed up for like six months. We've gotten deals because we followed up for twelve months and. People don't do that too. When say they say, "Hey, I'm ready to sell," you know, six months from now, you kind of forget about it. Especially if you don't have a CRM, they're like, "Oh, whatever," you know, "I'll I'll, I'll remember." But then two yeah, weeks right. go by, you just no, forget. No, 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 <laughs> but if you have it in your CRM, it pops up, and you're like, "Oh, I need to go reach out to this person," and it, it makes a huge, huge difference, yeah. for sure. Would yeah. you recommend anyone out there to start wholesaling? Because they, they make it seem easy. Everyone makes it seems easy. You can wholesale a few deals, but scaling wholesale is a different animal. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's not easy. I, I, I would say like it's simple. The concept is simple, but concept it's not is, easy. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get a property under contract and to then be able to sell it and Whenever someone asks me like, Hey, I want to get into wholesaling. Like, what should I do? What do you think? I always, usually the first advice I give is if you find, or if you know someone who is willing to buy, find that investor first and then bring them a deal that works for them. Cause now you have someone that you can sell it to and then get their buy box and you can have a smaller and targeted list that you're going after. So you're not spending big marketing dollars. And a lot of times you'll know exactly what to get it under contract for because they'll tell you like whether or not they can do it at this price or not. So I would try to go to, you know, that's what I usually tell someone to do um, if they yeah. can. You Yeah, that you said way. it right there that we've just been talking about the whole conversation is finding that somebody, that investor, that buy box that, you know, mm -hmm. not just locking up some random deal in Texas and, you, you know, you have no one to sell to. Texas was saturated like crazy. I don't know how you're doing yeah. in Texas, but Texas was a hard state to also. Have you ever been on an invest, uh, invest lift, investor lift? Uh, yeah. 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 You, have you sold anything off of there? I, Texas was, there's like hundreds of wholesale deals in Texas. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. I have not, but um, I will say they have like a lot of good. Um, yeah. They have the lifts of like all the. We yeah. tried them out and we never did sell anything off of there, but I actually did buy something yeah. off of there, but oh. yeah, was... we've done like JV deals, like with someone in investor, but we've never sold anything there either. Yeah. It's super saturated. Texas was saturated, but yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it, it, we wouldn't go there if we didn't have the the institution that was buying or the fund that was buying. Otherwise, you know, I had no connections really there uh, until they told us, yeah, we're going to buy heavily here. So yeah. I, I think in total, just in the Texas market, they're looking to buy like 80 with this one fund. They're looking to buy like 80 properties a month. And mm-hmm. so we're, yeah, they, they do have capacity and what are they what is their buy box still just tell you bedroom bathroom and square footage is basically or and location yeah very yeah very complicated i mean they're in like the dfw market uh houston as well um anything uh, bigger than three beds two baths um mm-hmm. usually most funds have like the sim like the same buy box 1978 built plus mm thousand square feet plus uh they don't like pools um and no major roads not not near a major road and all that so that's yeah typically that's what most hedge funds look for anyway um so yeah we're looking for those properties and you know trying to source as many as we can to them right now so we're looking to partner with agents and wholesalers and whatever that they have like pocket listings off market ones especially now if they can't sell it like we know we can sell as long as it fits that buy box so Mm -hmm. we're trying to make those connections as much as possible now to find your leads to find your deals through other wholesalers right maybe maybe you got to get on invest next and go (laughs) call right all those guys yeah (laughs) there's like hundreds (laughs) on there i I was just looking the other day but yeah uh, there is um, what did you do before real estate? What's your background before all of this? And we never even did touch on that. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm 26 now. Yeah. I started the business when I was 23. Um, so just two and a half, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I was working at a company called Hyperloop, uh, Hyperloop Transportation Technologies. They were like Elon Musk's idea of tube travel with the maglev train um so that's what i was doing for about two years after graduating from college um so yeah that's that's pretty much what i did and in college i went to loyola marymount which is just in Mm -hmm. the playa vista area in california if people know um yeah that's what i was doing nice so what are you doing now with all your money you're making are you buying rentals do you have any (laughs) rentals what are you where you've been putting it besides back into the company. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of it goes all the way, all back in the company. Uh, but for me, I buy rental properties. I've been buying a lot of section eight properties in Detroit. Sure. That's kind of like the market that I like the cash flow like crazy to be honest. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. like the section eight income from the government. Yeah, yeah. There's a few things. Yeah. There's a few things that we have to like look out for. And a lot of people have like the, you know, oh, it's Detroit. But honestly, like it's been a pretty good market for me. I bought in like Memphis and Cleveland and stuff as well too. But I personally have really enjoyed investing in Detroit. So I'm looking to do that more as well. Um how many properties do you have to yeah. Uh I sold a few, but now we're up to like about six ish. Yeah, six. In Detroit? Yeah. Oh. They're all in Detroit. Nice. Oh, you sold the Memphis stuff? Yeah, I sold the Memphis one and Cleveland one. I'm doing a few flips in Detroit right now, uh, personally. 
Um, and the others I'm keeping as rentals. Yeah. You're doing some flips up and there. then the rest. Nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just, just personally on my own. Cause I know the contractor there and, and, uh, it's yeah, they can do a pretty good job at it. So. Yeah. Nice. And how do you source those deals through your team, through the cold callers and so forth? Uh, no, I just, I just find it on the MLS. Um, cause I, I don't want to touch the wholesale deals that we get. That's for the company to sell and make money for. So Oh, oh when yeah. I find deals, I just find it on the MLS and, you know, it doesn't take me too long, especially the Detroit market. There's a lot of inventory out there. So I just pick one that works, have my contractors do the renovations and then just list it back on the market. Nice. How many have you done now up there in Detroit? Uh, this would be my third one that Nice. I'll be doing. And you're making more flipping Yeah. or then wholesaling? Are you... yeah. <laughs> well, I think, no, I'm definitely making more wholesaling than flipping. Um, the wholesaling is it's cause I'm, it's just me by myself too. And then the flips that I'm doing in Detroit are like the ones where I'm buying it for 50, putting in 30, selling it for 120. And that entire, right. The entire project takes like, you know, three to four months, um, to, you know, buy, renovate and sell three to four months is usually the time frame. So when you spread out that, you know, net 20,000 profit over the course of four months, it's really like you're making five grand a month where as in wholesale, like I can make 20 grand off a deal and then that's within a 30 day time frame. So that's kind of how I take a look at it too. Um, What do you average off your wholesale deals too? We never even asked. uh, with, the funds we try to do anywhere between like 15 to 20,000. Fifteen to twenty thousand, nice. Twenty thousand, nice. Yeah. That's a nice wholesale feel. Not the yeah norm. The norm is ten. I would say, the norm would be ten. So right you're making more than the normal person. Do you generally? How do you generally pick how much you're gonna make? You know, and you you play around with that that number, mm -hmm. of course. yeah we we generally know like what the offer would come out to so we have that number and then we try to go below that um to make our spread and then so it's really just negotiation from there and and we try to negotiate as much as we can obviously to make that spread where the seller is also happy still and you know we make our spread and then it goes to the fund pretty easily too but yeah the the margins in like texas are definitely bigger than the ones out in the midwest in the midwest when we were doing deals we were doing more volume for sure but the average assignment was like 7500 bucks so just about half of what we're currently doing Mm -hmm. how much how many deals you're doing now with the or the market's at now how many deals a month or how much did you do last month with our, our market it's so volatile now so i mean the average out of the three months like november i think we did like six or seven december Nice. i think we did like four january i think we closed like four as well so yeah it's it's kind of here and there but we're trying to do like bigger spreads you know more picky with the deals that we get because Yeah. initially we were doing it for the volume game Now you but just now want to take we're the really fit big fat juicy yeah ones and take those. Yeah. Yeah. Make more yeah and less exactly work. Yeah. the ones we know we can sell to right Yeah. Yeah. right because we were getting you know at one point we were doing like 10 15 20 deals a month
mm-hmm. but like you said some of them were like three grand four grand yeah, yeah. um and but if you and, have enough spread, you know, when you're doing volume yeah if you have enough yeah. spread you know 20 grand profit you know you have room to move if you need to you know down to 10 grand to to make it move or you know you know when you have yeah. bigger profits on it yeah exactly and then like it's you're doing if you did six three grand deals versus one 20k deal it's sure. easier to do a one deal at 20k yeah. yeah and you make the same amount and you know we don't have to overwork the tcs and we actually can make the team leaner that way too so that's mm-hmm. kind of how we're trying to do it you know if we can do you know five six maybe even ten at 20k that's yeah. well 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 over our expenses for sure yeah so. yeah yeah a month yeah hell yeah that oh, yeah so, <laughs> right <laughs> That's awesome. I, I right, love talking right. about wholesaling and all of it. We don't, people don't dive into it as much as they, I think, talk about sometimes. You know, you, I think yeah. you know the struggles of it all. And if you watch all the other people out there, they never really touch bases on how hard it, it can be. They don't. You know? Yeah. They make I it. I know. Cause sometimes I see it on social media too. I'm like, yes. It's not, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's that. It's not yeah. like, oh, you can make $20,000 quickly. No. And then they, you see the check of like you know twenty thousand, you're like oh i can do that yeah, too. yeah. no like they spent fifteen thousand to get that deal yeah, yeah or to make that deal happen or so that was their one big deal they got out of you know right. 10 other deals of two grand of three grand of deals and you know yeah <laughs> i think it's more important to be like transparent about all of it too because i know you're super transparent about flips and yeah. i try to be as transparent with my business too and like how yeah, people think it's easier and they can just do it, you know, in a, um, a t- learn it in a month or something, you know. I'm sure you've right. been learning years of failing, you know, this, this, this struggles of it all. Yeah, it was still learning, of course, but the, the struggles yeah. of what works and don't work. But it sounds like you got a good system going and you got a good end buyers there, which is honestly, I think is the key to it all. Uh, you know, I really that, do think so too. End buyers. Um, and you're creating, you're still finding more so um yeah that's great those connections are invaluable for sure and we have a few ones that are hoping we're hoping that they'll come back they said they'll come back like sometime in q1 but we'll see you know and it's kind of like uh you know you want to sell to the funds because it's good money but you also don't want to kind of because inventory is being taken up but from what we've seen with like you know open door and offer pad and all these like properties who bought a lot, a lot of properties and holding it in their inventory. Yeah. They're actually liquidating a good amount too. And that will happen from time to time as well. So even if they're eating a good chunk of the market share there, I feel like, you know, there will still be opportunities where the properties may come back in market, but it does make sense because, you know, as they buy more, you'll, you'll see less of it come back in the market, which is kind of unfortunate, but business is business and we we have to you know do what works for us and makes money for us so it's kind of like you know something to think of something that i've been thinking about too a lot i don't know how you what your thoughts are on that but well yeah i i think our market's coming back around i feel it already coming back around on a few deals so yeah at least we're steadying out 
right now. The interest rates are feel like are steadying out. I think we're going to be in this five, six rates. And I think once we steady out, um, it should turn back around. Um, I, yeah. The market just goes like that. You're going to do well, you know, when they, when interest rates are high, it's going to, it's going to kick out all the, the weaker of the industry. And then when the interest rates come back lower, you know, everyone's going to come back in and it's going to look hot and sexy again. You know, it, the real yeah. estate flipping thing was cool. You know, just the last two years, it was, you know, anyone could do it. You couldn't kind of make a mistake on it almost. So right now you have to know your stuff to be able to make money. You know, you have to be, uh, you know, on it at this point to dial yeah, it all in. Yeah, I think in. so. I, I think a lot of people, I think in the short-term rental space too, are kind of feeling that too. Cause I think it was like a, you could not, lose kind of situation with mm -hmm. airbnbs and short-term rentals but now they're realizing there's a lot of supply now <laughs> in the airbnb space and, yeah and they need to make money somewhere else and they're like, well it doesn't make sense in the long term i preach that all the yeah. time exactly as you said there like if you're going to buy a short-term rental make sure it works as a long-term you know that you have that plan b because if not you're right. screwed and uh I, I preach that all the time make sure you have plan b ready because um you know, I've had Airbnbs for for years now, and um, you mm -hmm. got to be ready to to pivot. And uh, yeah, and we actually been pivoting some of them into midterm rentals. They're yeah. not legal. Sorry, they weren't legal Airbnbs. They're they're single long term rentals. We're pivoting into midterm. We're going up, not down, <laughs> to midterm. Oh, rentals. gotcha. Yeah, because the midterm. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's what I've been pretty, saying a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. I, I, that's the one biggest thing I've learned in real estate too. Always have like a plan B, then mm -hmm. C, D, E, F too. Yeah, <laughs> just in yeah. Case. especially for the wholesale. You really deals. never know. Yeah, the wholesaling deals. If you can right. fl flip it too, you know, uh, that's what some of those flips we have in the mainland going on that um, I think we tried to kind of wholesale it. We weren't really trying, but these flips are like, mm -hmm. they're like $100,000 profits and flips. So we're like, oh, we'll just, We'll do it ourselves, you know, instead of mm. trying to wholesale it. Yeah. We couldn't wholesale it. You know, it's but then the bigger you flip it for a hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah. The bigger, the bigger, fatter deals you kind of want to keep sometimes yourself. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to talk story with you. And I'm glad you know your stuff because I sometimes talk to people about, you know, I have it all and they they make it seem like, you know, it's easy or it's mm -hmm. uh it's walking a park and but um, yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad you're doing. Yeah. And I, I, don't I think love the Bible belt. Bible belt too. So if you are buying stuff down in the Bible belt, I've been wanting some bigger, bigger stuff down in the in the Bible belt, the Sun Belt. Um, you okay. Know, those areas bigger, bigger stuff. Multifamily. We've been trying to find. Oh really? Know, yeah. The rentals are great. Section Got eight it. is great, great down there. But um, yeah, yeah. Section eight is is I I do love that strategy because it's just. You have to reinspection, you know, and then just have to pass those, and that can be yeah. kind of a pain depending on where you are. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know about the Section Eights and other like Texas and Florida, it's, whatnot. It, but it's, it's every state's hard. Like we have Section Eight in Connecticut, which I thought would be easy, yeah. but they're a little harder in that state. Some states are easy, you know, and some are harder. Yeah. So um, I feel like the hardest thing is they're always slow. There, that's the thing like it's not yes. quick you know the reinspection yeah, yeah. takes like a month yes. and you yes, know yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a rental in two minutes 
yeah, I have a rental right now. I've been every day like emailing him actually right now. Like, right. Yeah. Where are we at? Like the renters ready to move in. You know, we have it all nice. And it's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is walk through it for 20 minutes and, you know, I can start yeah. getting my check in. But yeah. 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 In Hawaii, Section 8 is great here. I like Section 8 here. Just want to take a quick second. And if you're enjoying our content, please subscribe below. I love it if you guys can leave us a review or a comment or let me know what you guys thought. I love honest feedback and I love hearing what you guys think. But uh, okay, yeah. we have a we have a question we have to go answer. So at the very end of this, we have a Q&A investor highlight, we call it. Um, and somebody, Keone, asked a question. Um, if you can go over and start with the whole journey again, uh, what would you change, if anything? So if you were to go back to when you first started wholesaling, what would you change and how you did it? Or That's a great question. I think what I would do is keep a leaner team like I am right now, not try to go, because now I know what works too. So I'm not going to hire like eight cold callers initially and then, mm. you know, six other people to handle inbound leads from other marketing channels. I'm going to focus on one and really secure the investors up front and really understand their buy box. Because when I say understanding the buy box, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, they just buy in this zip code. Okay, I'll just find you properties there. Well, no, that's not necessarily, that's not just it. You need to know as much as you can, like how are they calculating renovations? Like where are they getting those numbers? What's the average rehab budget that that investor has? Uh, how are they running ARVs? Because everyone kind of does it differently too. You know, is it within yeah. a 0.25 radius? Is it the similar square footage? How are they coming up with rent comps? And you're really dissecting how that investor is doing their business and mm -hmm. actually acquiring properties. So then that way you can actually get that property for them that works and at a deeper discount. So then you can get a quick yeah. and easy sell after. It's so that ARV, that ARV is everything. So figure out what they see it because so many brand new wholesalers out there are way, I think way off on their ARVs a lot of time. So, yeah, you know, figure out how to just run a comp and figure out ARVs is, is super critical. I think right. a lot of people don't look it at is. it. You know. It is. It is. And I think it's super specific to each investor because you can even ask like five different real estate agents, hey, comp yeah. this out, and they'll give you different CMAs. And yeah. They'll be like, hey, this one's this. And then another level one will tell you no. So everyone has their own idea, but just asking that specific investor, what are you like, how are you looking at it and how do you mm -hmm. analyze it really helps you analyze the deals, I think way better. Um, and it'll make you, I think that much more successful and keeping those relationships. So that's what yeah. I would do if I were to start all over again. So it's lean team, know your ARVs and, and find of course, some good end buyers and, and work with those. Right. You, you've already started at the beginning. Um, right. Nice. Yeah. And yep. I would exactly. suggest to start keeping properties more. When I was, I've been flipping for a while and I, I was always into like, just make money now, make the 50 grand, hundred grand now. And I so wish I kept rentals and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's just, you look smart when you own rentals in a long period of time, when you flip a house, you just make money now and it's great. Yeah. But I'd rather have more rentals and I kick myself in the butt for not buying rentals sooner myself. Um, yeah, I think that's a, 
that's such a good point. And that's what I'm trying to do a little bit more of too this year. Like for me personally, I want to buy way more and mm. keep them as well. Cause I'm like, Oh, if I just flip out, I can make 20, like a quick 20,000 yeah. right here. Yeah. yeah. But, but then yeah, you're only going to make like it, 200, 300 grand a month in cash flow. You're like, ah, but I tell you the savings yeah. is in that, in the cost seg. And when you do that, uh, you, you know what a cost seg is and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the game changer because now your wholesaling business can kick ass and make money there. And you can get these rentals to zero out your taxes and offset your taxes. Um, so you're paying, you know, zero taxes. So right. that's, that's right. the true benefit that you make a lot more than anything in, in that's true. You know, and having yep. the rentals. And then a hundred percent agree. Do you buy all your rentals in Hawaii or do you have no, them no. in We're, different areas? Because I know you said you said since in Yeah, We're Ohio. Yeah, Ohio, Connecticut. We're buying something. Janesville. I have a Milwaukee deal, a uh, big complex oh, wow. working on. Yeah, wherever the numbers look amazingly great right now i'll buy it so the numbers have to be great we have other stipulations yeah. large city cities and you know the whole we analyzed everything about it but yeah if yeah the numbers look great you figure it out you know you know if you're yeah really strong numbers and we burr we burr everything out so if we can burr it all out gotcha take our money back out do it again and again that's the name of the game so gotcha yeah. so you're burring every single one of them everything multifamilies to this shopping complex we're buying at 5.8 mil uh we'll burn it out and uh make the money roll and work for you uh sometimes yeah. that first year or two hurts because high mm -hmm. rates high you know whatever investors um but the long-term plan of things is better so yeah yeah yep definitely that makes a lot of sense but um so deal of the week, are you, do you have any deals you're looking to raise money for right now? Anything particular or do you have any projects you want to ask, tell people about, or do you have anything? Of yeah. That? Well, I mean, we, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're really like partnered with this fund now. So if anyone has like a deal in, you know, Texas, like in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, uh, Houston, uh, or even anything in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, we have, buyers that are looking to buy 30 40 plus deals in each of those cities so if you want to work together i'll be more than happy to see like what we can do on those um but yeah that's what we're really really focused on right now nice you don't have to raise capital you because you use most you're not doing any large scale flips you're just doing the no 50 dollars easy ones right <laughs> right right <Nice>. right <laughs> nice yep um uh, nice but um it's good stuff i i love i love hearing all of the different sides of the business and i love seeing you know how somebody else runs their business which is totally interesting to me um yeah, yeah. and you're doing a great job man you really keep it up and keep keep scaling at it and uh try uh try getting more bigger bigger uh multifamily deals and wholesale those kind of things off you can do stuff like that you know think about i know a, yeah, a friend of mine was doing that was uh doing this wholesaling for multifamily and making a killing on that oh. oh i'm sure yeah 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 there's some good margins in there for sure yeah 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 but uh so 
how can uh how can the audience out there and everyone on social media how can they find you it's all do you have a you have a pretty big social media following which is awesome how you know how did you we didn't even talk about that you grew that thing which is great so uh how can everyone yeah. follow you and how did you grow that thing anyway uh i think i mostly through tiktok i, I think initially because i as you know when tiktok started to blow up initially i was like yeah, yeah. I'll just make content here and see how it goes and mm. it grew just 10 times faster than instagram so i kept posting there and there and there how many um, tiktok followers now, you i'd even look at your tiktok uh right now it's at like thirty three thousand. Nice. um and then instagram is sixteen thousand. so yeah but i had instagram for you know years yeah, yeah before yeah. um but i just try to post as much content as i can i, I just post once a day um my handle on both of them is h-a-y-a-n-t-o-o-o so hayanto um and yeah i just try to post as much content as i possibly can and and you know try to give as much you know free information as i i can as well and kind of go over my journey too and things that i learn sometimes i on because i learned something a lot too like once a week, there's something that I, I'm like, oh, I didn't know about that. And so I'll yeah. try to post about that and, and just share it with everyone, really. There's always something. You're always learning in this business. You're always learning. Yeah. <laughs> like a never-ending learning business, for sure. There's always yeah. somebody smarter, I'm like, bigger. Yeah. It really is. I'm like, what? That You can do that in real estate? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been yeah. doing it for years. I'm like, no way. Yeah. yeah. There's always <laughs> tricks of the trade. And people don't like to share it because it works for them often. and Or it sounds too good to be true or something. But uh, nice. yeah. But um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for following. Also, you can follow my stuff is Indar Hawaii. Like and follow and subscribe and do all that great stuff and comment on our post. Uh, we both love comments and uh, we both love the answer. I mean, I should speak for you, but I love to answer some of those questions um, that we get uh, in our DMs. You know, some interesting questions. I actually, I actually enjoy answering some of them. Um, I take my mornings and answer a lot of those questions. And um, yeah, so check us out. Follow us in our Hawaii and all our social pa uh, media platforms. And uh, thank you guys for listening and thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Indar. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, happy birthday as well. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>